0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, yeah!
1: this, 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 is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the Touchdown. It's a Saturday edition of Talking Cowboys here from Oxnard, California, and on DallasCowboys.com as we are one week away from the, the uh, I almost said St. Louis Rams, the Los Angeles Rams coming to town. And we are less than a week away now from the Hall of Fame game because we have got football on the horizon and a busy week ahead here for the Dallas Cowboys. As, of course, I'm always joined by Rob Phillips, Mickey Spagnola, I'm Kyle Yeomans, and Busy weekend ahead for the Cowboys. No such thing as a true off day until Monday. We had a regeneration day yesterday. At least the players did. Still got to hear from a couple coordinators and uh, some of the front office as well throughout the, the latter part of this past week. But, hey, it's starting to get to exciting times, Rob, about this Dallas Cowboys team and finally getting back into action.
2: How many practices we got until the Hall of Fame game?
1: Three. Three and a day off
2: in between. So, you know, it's, it's the last little hurdle for the offense and defense to get their installs in before that game. And you know, the last chance for not the last chance in camp, but the last chance for guys to kind of show out and as Dan Quinn said, see what guys can do, see what guys have earned in terms of snaps and rolls early on here. And you know, we expect a lot of young guys to play in that game, but but every single rep counts. So, we'll see who steps forward today. Yeah, what should the- be a good crowd by the way oh Sounds well like yes. there's gonna be a lot of people out let here today. me
0: tell you <laughs> how good it is because I rode down Ventura going north and at seven o'clock in the morning there were 46 cars lined up to come in oh my gosh. right they were they they block off a lane over there and then they let them go into the uh into the shoulder and then yeah they took up my bike lane right yeah. Oh how dare they And then on the they way no on the way back when it was probably 5 minutes to 8 mm-hmm. there were 112 cars already lined up to come in people were like almost tailgating for breakfast on the side <laughs> of the road right they're taking pictures looking at the river bottoms you know doing whatever but it was so i don't think they let them in till like 10 10:30 So it was two and a half hours, two hours before they can get in, but boy, they were gonna get in. They weren't gonna get left out. So and by the way, if anybody's coming and just happens to have a VIP pass, you don't have to get in the hundred and twelve car line, you can get in the five car line. There's a separate one. How about that? Wow. That'll be the best tip you get in this next (laughs) 45 minutes.
2: I didn't realize it was Saturday until you said that, Kyle. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it. No, but when we see the crowd out there, you're going to know it's Saturday. No, every day here is Tuesday, right?
0: Pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) Every day. It's Groundhog's
1: Day or whatever. But you know
0: what? I could tell it was Saturday because there was less traffic on the roads. uh, And they were setting up, you know where Larson's is in that little uh, collection? Collection uh... they were setting up a farmers market Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, Look cool. like they had some pretty good produce getting ready to <laughs>
1: okay I'm, I'm be bought. I'm Excellent. sure they did. I'm sure they did. That, uh, I wonder how many of the <laughs>
2: Will's about to fall out. Of his chair. I wonder how
1: many of the 200 cars are listening to Talking Cowboys and are like, "Ooh, what about that produce stand back there?" Yeah, right. Sam, or the VIP tip that Mick just gave them. But uh, I probably just caused a bunch of people to try and they're cheat all now. Ch- <laughs> U-turning yeah. and getting yeah, out get, of that uh, line. Let's get in that VIP lane, right? Hopefully, 200 of those cars are listening to Talking. Cowboys. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about what we heard from some of the coordinators yesterday and, and keeping it on the track of the Hall of Fame game. And of course, like Rob said, it's going to be an opportunity for some of these younger players, these guys fighting for roster spots, fighting for spots on the depth chart to... Uh, to really show out and, and to, to show what they have for this coaching staff more so than, than any other time. And Dan Quinn talked to it yesterday. He said, any time you get the chance to compete, it's a big thing. And a lot of people will like to write off the Hall of Fame game and say, man, it's it's not going to be the starters. It's not going to be the stars on display in Canton. However, it, there is a lot that's going to come out of what's happening on Thursday.
0: You know, if you, if you listen uh, to what – some of the people are saying um, there's a 53 man roster and I know you you mentioned the uh, the, uh, the, the coordinators but mm-hmm. you know they're I bet they're looking at 70 guys have a legitimate chance to make that 53 so yeah you better not have a bad day right mm-hmm. and um, like we said the other day you know Jordan Lewis has been out rehabbing uh, I think he had a a little bit of a, I don't know if it was a knee or a groin, something like that. And Maurice Kennedy stepped up and has like caught the attention uh, of, of the coaching staff. So, yeah, I think today and tomorrow will be really significant practices in pads because that Tuesday before they leave on Wednesday for Cleveland to go mm-hmm. to the Hall of Fame game, it's probably going to be somewhat of a let's get the guys some looks at what we think Pittsburgh's going to do, right? A little bit of cards. Yeah, the bonnets. Just a little bit. The bonnets might come out. Maybe uh, a little bit. Cards. So, yeah, these two practices are are, are really significant. And as we've seen, there's upgraded competition at the cornerback spot, Mm -hmm. the safety spot, linebacker. Well, name it. Name the position, and I'll give you some –
1: Competition. It kind of goes to what we talked about. I think in our first show, Rob, uh, when we got here to Oxnard, was there is not a spot on this defense, maybe outside of Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, that can't be up for competition. There's, there's really no spot on that defense that's safe. Uh, more or less.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I think there's certain positions I would expect. Okay, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. That's probably the third one. Leighton Vander Esch. Okay. Whether mm-hmm. Micah Parsons is a starter or not, he's going to play a ton. But but um, there's
0: competition. There is competition. Right?
2: There is competition. Stephen Jones actually met with the media a couple days ago and said fifty-three man roster, like Mick said, he actually said sixty-five guys. Sixty-five. I was could, trying
0: to remember that number. Yeah, yes. there's
2: there's sixty-five guys that could make the you know play for anybody. You know. Now that doesn't mean. 12 of the cuts they have to make eventually will all get claimed, but that's how they feel about the competition. And and I think you that's guys It's a good
1: problem to have. It's
2: a, it's a good problem to have. If, if that's, you know, in their mind that's what they feel like. I think a couple spots in particular you guys mentioned corner safety, the DBs, that figuring that out because, you know, sometimes there's some overlap with guys who could do both. Figuring that out and then D-line because tackle in in particular, figuring out that that group because it's a pretty solid group in terms of depth. And that's not even counting Tristan Hill, who's on PUP, and who knows, may start the season on PUP as well.
0: Yeah, they may put him in the back pocket yeah. uh, and say, look, we, we've we got all these guys, and I don't want to cut somebody that I really like, mm-hmm. but we can save a spot with Tristan Hill on PUP and let him go six weeks and then see what, what happens. Um, And if you listen to Mike McCarthy when he's talking about the roster, and he doesn't look at it in terms of 53, he looks at it in terms of 68, meaning there's 15 guys who are going to go on uh, the practice squad. And and so he's looking at 68, and, you know, you only got 90, so you're not eliminating that many guys. And unlike last year, they're going to have to start cuts uh, along the way, it's not going to be 90 to 53 or whatever they did last year. I can't remember. Uh, but there's going to be cut to 85 and 80 and, you know, go, going along. So
2: 85 yeah. on August 17th.
0: Okay. So right before the, the second second preseason yep. game. I'm sorry, or the third Third game. Third, third third game. Third yeah, game, it's in you know. between
1: the, the second and
0: the third. So yeah, you know, and, and look, I, I, the, the three positions that. Uh, I identified on, on offense that need to be solidified, the backup spots, none of that settled yet. We don't. We think we know who might be the backup quarterback, since Garrett Gilbert's going second, and they kind of said he's number two because yep. he's taking Dak snaps. But there's still competition there, and there's still competition with whoever might get released, uh, maybe at the end of a training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's competition at the left tackle position. I don't think anybody uh, has stood out there uh, to take that swing tackle spot. Um, So in my mind still, Zach Martin's the the swing tackle uh, with Connor McGovern going to play guard. And then the backup center. Who's the backup center? I don't know that anybody said, okay, I can do this in an Mm -hmm. NFL game, right? Uh, And we heard uh, Kellen Moore say something about, well, Joan Looney's not here yet or not Mm -hmm. here now. Not here right now
1: is what he said. Not here right
0: now, yeah. And so that tells me that okay, you guys that are trying to be the backup center better go. Got jumbo on speed dial. Uh, <laughs> I would, yes, I would. They may even have a plane ticket for them, right? <laughs> just uh, whenever you know. So yeah, I, I think the competition there is we hasn't not been settled yet. And to me, those are three very important positions.
2: Going back to Stephen talking with the media a couple days ago, one quote he had about the quarterback spot, backup quarterback. He, he said, "We like them all." But it's, it's the same line of thinking that we've heard throughout the offseason. He said, we feel good about it. As I said, if we see something that makes us better, then we're always open to it. They're, they're going to keep their eyes open, they're also depending on how guys perform. Now, we don't know how much time, more time Dak's going to miss in practice throwing. For now, the reps are wide open, and they might be wide open for a couple preseason games. We don't know at this point, uh, definitely for this, this first game, I would think. Uh, so it's an opportunity for all three backups, but look, they've added guys the first week or two of the regular season yeah. before, changed their quarterback dynamic, so uh, I would not rule out anything at that position going forward.
1: Well, even look at the guy that's currently the backup quarterback, or quarter- currently QB2. When, when was he signed last year? Week 8 of the season going into Week 9, and then he started yeah. Week 10 against Pittsburgh. So, I mean, there is that possibility that your backup quarterback is not on this roster right now, kind of like how Mick alluded to a little bit earlier, and I think that's that's comforting in the fact that, hey, those backup quarterback spots have not looked impressive during their timeout in Oxnard. There's still a long way to go until you really need them in terms of Week 1 or Week 2 of the regular season, but they're going to get a lot of reps coming up. now. Well,
0: and the other thing, when you were talking about those guys, so... Yesterday was the first full practice they got, right, without, without without Dak, Dak. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ball wasn't going down the field. A lot, um, of,
2: a lot of tight end uh, check downs. Running and, backs. Yes.
0: And I don't know if that was kind of in the game plan to uh, practice that type of stuff, but I, I can only think of two or three, four passes that went down the field. The one to um, C.D. Lamb, he made the mm-hmm. diving reception at the goal line there's one to Cedric I think yeah then the one at the end to McKeon Mm -hmm. um, for a touchdown made a nice catch back of the end zone but a lot of stuff they were practicing it was you know red zone 25 yard in and it was a lot of check downs. so I'm gonna see if these guys now the other thing is you know the defensive front has done a really good job putting pressure on the quarterbacks. Yes, yes, they have. And it doesn't matter seemingly if it's the first team or the second team, especially the second team. Uh yeah, those guys have got to step up uh, on on and that's why I'm somewhat concerned about the uh backup tackle spot cuz I don't know that anybody has got their hand up in the air and said this is my spot. Uh and that includes Ty Naseki, uh the veteran, uh Josh Ball, their fourth mm-hmm. round draft choice. And even Terrence Steele, who got ton of reps last year, or, or snaps, because uh, he ended up starting, I think, nine or ten games. Uh, I don't think anybody has stepped up yet.
1: No, I don't think so at all. Now, I, I kind of want to go back to what Stephen Jones was talking about, and he said a couple of different things when he met with the, the media the other day. But he also talked about... Guys who stuck out to him, and the first name off his tongue was Calvin Joseph. No, oh, it was Fat. Exactly. <laughs> he called him Fat Boss Man Fat, as of course as his his music name goes. He goes by. But what, what have you seen from Calvin Joseph? He was limited in the last practice, so it's been a couple of days. Maybe we'll see him back out here today because he was on the bands with Brett Brown uh, on Friday, but or excuse me, on it's Thursday. Thursday. But what have you guys seen from Kelvin Joseph, and how has he stepped up in the regard of maybe challenging a guy like Anthony Brown for that cornerback two spot? I
0: think that uh, we finally saw him, and he's been playing left corner behind mm-hmm. Anthony Brown. We saw him make a couple plays on the ball. And and the thing that I've noticed with him is he has catch-up speed. Cornerbacks are going to get beat. That's just What's going to happen? But can you catch up when the ball's in the air? And he did it twice uh, the last couple practices before he uh, sat out the last practice or two um, and and deflect deflected passes. So I thought that was encouraging because, Rob, we didn't really see him in the offseason, right?
2: No, he, he missed like 10 days because of... COVID quarantine. Right. And so yeah, he got back out there for mini camp but it was like two quick practices. So he's got swagger, man. He's yeah. got he's got swag. He's he, he talks about it. You see him talking on the field. Uh, that's that's important. I mean, you don't want to be reckless out there as a rookie cornerback, but he's you got to have a short memory and I think he has that. So uh you, yeah, you see his talent out there, his physical ability. He, he if you, you see him stand next to some of the other corners that they've acquired, drafted He's different looking because yep. he's 5'10", as opposed to 6'4", 6'3". He's not, not every guy that they bring in is going to be you know basketball player, uh, but he does have speed. He does have ball skills. and But I will say this. Uh, name a cornerback on this roster, and they've probably made a play on the football. Uh,
0: Including Anthony Brown gonna, with that yeah, interception. I was
2: going to say, Anthony Brown looks to me like he's off to a really nice start. So I don't know if that job is going to be taken from him very easily.
1: Is that, is that encouraging to you, not only the fact that, hey, Anthony Brown is being challenged, but Anthony Brown is stepping up to the table? Because I feel like that's something that we haven't had from him from the expectations. He's been a solid corner. He hasn't been a bad corner, but he hasn't necessarily taken that next step that you would anticipate from a guy like that. And now as a veteran with guys behind him clamoring for a starting job, he seems to be, like you said, off to a, a great start. He's got to stay healthy. Last Good year point.
0: he – he was he was injured during training camp. He played a couple games, started, then he got injured again, missed games. Uh, he's just got to stay healthy um, because he is he's the most veteran corner, right? Yep. Off the most top tenured. of my head. And, and yep. you know, they signed him to a three-year deal uh, for like $15 million, so they saw something in him that uh, they wanted to keep. So if he keeps playing the way he is right now, you know, maybe Kelvin Joseph, they got to look at him as maybe a slot guy, see what he can do there. You don't want to overload a rookie uh, right away and give him too many things to do, but uh, I've always thought he's been a very good, steady player. Has he been flashy? No, not really. But you know what? Last year, towards the end of the year, you saw him come up with an interception uh, I don't remember if it was interception or two, uh, but he, he's, he, he's got some skills, and they've got to use him somehow, some way on that field.
2: He can play inside, you know, so he can, you can move him around. I, I don't think I've seen Kelvin Joseph really inside yet. No, he, not they, yet. They've kept him on the outside. I, we talk about Leighton Van Esch's number of games missed the last couple of years, 13 games. I think Anthony Brown's missed 13 games the past two seasons. Wow. So, I mean, injuries have kept him... Back, but yeah, they they like him. He is a veteran guy, and and can and look, they can put him in different positions. So um, I don't know that that's that's one to watch. I still think week one, I would expect him to be the starter, but that's
1: it's still very very early. Whenever Mick gets out the media guy, that's when you know he's digging deep in, for this next stat. Now, but while he's well, looking I,
0: on on Anthony Brown. Okay, so in
1: 2019,
0: he started four of nine games he played. Remember, he suffered the season-ending. Injury was it a mm-hmm. tricep or bicep something like that, mm-hmm. and then last year he played started eight of ten games so he missed six, so six and seven
1: is thirteen, 13 baby. look at that look at good that. job Rob Phillips Thank you. well done everybody all right Rob what did you uh, what else did you hear from Stephen Jones when he spoke to the media on Thursday
2: oh man I'd have to go back and dig so he else, Mick?
1: he
0: mentioned Leighton Vanderish mm-hmm. I believe who I think has played uh, awfully well so far. And uh, he mentioned two of the defensive tackles, Neville Gallimore and Quinton Bohanna, uh, talking about those two guys, uh, how they've kind of caught his eye also. So, yeah. Um, and, and those were just kind of quick off the top of his head after he mentioned Kelvin Joseph, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um he talked about Dak. I know we've touched on, on that a little bit with the strained shoulder muscle. They still are optimistic he can play in preseason. Now, when that will be, we don't know. It's a day-to-day thing right now. Mike McCarthy said they'll kind of reevaluate him Monday, go through the weekend and then see where he's at in terms of can he, can he get back to throwing. But they still think he can do something in preseason. So that would be encouraging as so well. So let's
0: do this with Dak. So he's not going to practice today and nope. he's not going to practice tomorrow cuz he said Monday'll tell us mm-hmm. what we can do. Right. So does he get out there on Tuesday because Wednesday's a travel day, Thursday's the game, he's absolutely not playing, right? So Some- Friday is an off day. Saturday you're going against the Rams. Rams. Uh, and then Sunday, Monday are days off. So there's not a
1: lot of chances to throw. So
0: Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday of the following week, our practices, and then they leave Thursday late for a Friday preseason game? Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yes. And then you're off when you get back. So I figured out that they could they could actually easily give him 12 days if they wanted to, to not throw. Hmm. But... Can you tie him down for 12 days? Because, yeah. you know, he's already out there doing everything but throwing. Uh, and as Mike said, uh, when they do the mock game in the afternoon, he's, uh, out there. he's out there. He's just not throwing the ball. He's doing the walkthroughs. He's in all the meetings. We saw him in the drills not throwing. But he was, he was out there playing wide receiver for the quarterbacks, catching balls. So, to me, that sort of suggests that, it may be just tightness that he really didn't you know do do some damage in there and according to him yesterday or yesterday number one he said if he was playing in a game and that happened he wouldn't have come out and number two if it happened the week leading up to a game he said he would have been able to play the game he would do everything here's how he put it i would do everything i could to be able to be ready to play the game he said that most likely sounded
2: like he didn't warm up well enough and then he tried a deep throw and that's probably what caused at least some of it. Um, don't know for sure. He also said you know throughout his rehab process he was throwing football sitting down you know just trying to get back into it a little bit and maybe that could have caused some stress that's a little unusual on the body. He, you know going if you go back all the way through a year, he hasn't thrown as much as he normally would. So you know now he's really ramping up, and it's just hard to know for sure. But, yeah, I mean, every every indication you get is that this is not a, a serious thing. Um, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, I thought summed it up best uh, yesterday when he said, when it's still July and we play our first game in September, we're going to be smart about it. I mean, when you think about an entire month gap there plus, they're not going to push him. There's no reason to because the season depends on
1: him. The season yeah. depends on him being healthy and playing at a high level. Yeah, 100%. I, I think cautiousness is definitely the number one key right now. I mean, we I asked you guys, I think both during one of our other shows, what was your number one priority going into training camp? Stay healthy. That's always the priority whenever training camp comes around. So if he has to sit out 12 days and has to tie him down, like you said, Mick, for 12 days, I think that's something that the Cowboys should certainly consider. Now, Should the Cowboys consider maybe hiring an MLB pitching coach? We're going to answer that question and a couple other ones that are a little more relevant when we return with Fans on the 50 with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. So whatever your needs, insist on
0: Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back
1: to Talkin' Cowboys. Back here with more Talking Cowboys here from the campgrounds in Oxnard, California. Training Camp 2021 presented by Ameri- American Airlines continues. And whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in those Oxnard stands with SLO lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local SLO experts and see what SLO can do for you. See more, do more, SLO. Mickey's Bagnola, Rob Phillips, Kyle Yeomans with you. And time now to answer some fan questions with some fans on the 50. We don't have the sounder because Chris Beam is not running the field On today. The 50. But William's doing a good job. Oh, maybe there is the sounder. I don't know. He just pointed at me. <laughs> we can't hear program in these headsets, so maybe we maybe we did have it. All right. First one comes from Bluff City Cowboys. He said, which undrafted free agents, if any, have stood out to you guys in practices? And I'm even going to throw this back to last year because of the undrafted free agents not actually having a full offseason season. I want to throw last year's undrafted free agents and this year's. Anybody stick out to you, Mickey? <laughs> you know, it's a long pause. <laughs> one guy that I was somewhat
0: interested in. Okay. Um, I forgot his first name. Tyler Coyle, the safety. safety, Purdue. Unfortunately for him, oh. the safety position just got. A little bit more crowded when they brought in Malik Hooker, just a tad bit. And I was thinking that's probably the guy that might pay the price if they keep all those veteran safeties. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 would at least be, I think, a practice squad guy. Uh, and then uh, Rico Dowdle, the the running back from, from last year, from last year, who made the team. You but you said go back to last yeah, year. absolutely. I think he's uh, McCarthy talked about it. That he he seems more. Uh, he seems quicker he's in better shape uh, and uh, you know he's got a chance to make it as a as a third running back uh, and then also going back to uh Suo. is that how you say it su yep the, the, the fullback uh, I' tell you what if they want chewo oh, shewu not su well it's kind of spelled that yeah. way um <laughs> uh, he if they need a big b- block back you know, maybe one back sometimes. You know, he he he's kind of getting some reps this time. So we'll. He ended up on the practice squad last year. We'll see where that one goes.
1: He borderline being active at one point. Whenever Zeke was hurt and he missed the game, Shea Wu was one of the guys that they were going to bring up and bring onto the squad, and they protected him a couple different times too. Right. So I think they do feel very highly about what Alana Lua does bring to the table. It's
2: going to be hard for <coughs> – I'm sorry. It's going to be hard for an undrafted guy to make this team. Yes. I mean, when you have 11 draft picks, not all – you know, not every draft pick will make this team pop. possibly. So, uh, you know, Mickey mentioned the fullback position, and, and Mike kind of referenced maybe more two-back sets. We'll see. Um, Nick Ralston's a fullback in there that, you know, maybe he has an opportunity to show something in preseason.
0: His parents were here the other day. Were they? Oh, wow. Bill – leave it to Bill Jones, right? That's the Bill thing. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, I saw him. I saw him interviewing these people, and I'm going, uh, "Who's that?" And then I saw the back of the ladies' uh, the ladies' jersey, and it's had uh, Ralston's number and his name back there. And I'm oh, going, wow. "I'm thinking in the pro shop, there's probably not a lot of Ralston jerseys being sold. Probably <laughs> not." So I said, "Ah, it's probably his parents."
2: <laughs> uh, Brandon Smith kind of jumps out at you just just his natural ability, um, and I, I know they like him coming out. They thought he, he was a draftable type of prospect, but I just don't know how you crack this receiver core. Yeah, yeah think
0: about this. The way they're talking about Noah Brown yeah. and Cedric Wilson, so there's five right there. Mike yep. McCarthy said, I love Noah it's one Brown. one spot, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. there may be mm-hmm. if you keep six. Maybe if you keep six. The, the, the
2: undrafted guy that stood out to me the most is the guy that made the team last year, and that's Sean McCune at tight end. And it's not not just the one-handed catch that he made. He had a good year last year for them in limited snaps. I thought he was solid. So... He might be able to take a jump and and be the be the third tight end this year. We'll see.
1: Well, no Blake Bell this year, and yeah. McCune kind of filled in that role last year as the blocking set, almost that H back look in the backfield, and he was used in a lot of run packages. And like you said, even though it was limited snaps, he did a really nice job and he stood up well. Plus, he's bigger this year than he was last year, yes. so I think McCune does does make sense in that regard. And as he well.
0: makes it hard for either of the other. Rookie free agents, Eubanks or Lynn, to try to, yeah. or to even Sprinkle uh, that you veteran. Know, yeah. to, Honestly, to I think
1: the team. I think McCune does have an advantage over Sprinkle yeah. to make the team so if, far. If they're going to take three, it, I mean, you've got Schultz and you kinda got Jarwin. Gotta, you
0: kind of got to keep three tight ends. Got to right?
1: have three, right? Yeah, to rotate in. Even back if and you forth? kept a fullback,
0: you got to keep three tight
1: ends. Yeah, I think you're looking at the same three as last year. Okay, this pr- question comes from Brennan says how should Zeke and Pollard snaps be split up this season? I know it's early, but he said 80-20 Zeke or more like 50-50? What do you think, Mickey? Not 50-50. Oh, closer
0: to? No. 80-20? 80-20 would give Zeke 20 snaps a game and Pollard maybe 10. That's 66%. <laughs> what which is 66? Uh, 20 and 10. Nobody here has got a math degree. Yeah, <laughs> But I'm I'm saying, okay, whatever the percentage is, it ain't going to be 50-50. Mm-hmm. Zeke is still Zeke, right? And Pollard has, look, one of these, The, the, the you know what makes me think of it? No, it's not the same. I won't do that. Go ahead. Get into it. No, because, Say it with your chest on this Because you know who else showed up? Uh, on Thursday for practice, Kevin Sweeney. So he was the star of the replacement games in 87, right? He was mm. the quarterback, and Tech Shram was just enamored with him. And they kept him on the roster. They kept him the next year, and finally Tom gave him a start. And I think he threw like five interceptions, and that was the end of that. <laughs> so sometimes what my point is you don't, Pollard's good in his role. Now, mm-hmm. do you want to overexpose him? And and, and is he capable of 20-25 snaps a game? Because if you if if you look at when he got more opportunities, save a long run or so, mm-hmm. he, he was not even he that one game they had the long run in, he was averaging 2 yards a carry. And and again, which my point is going back to the offensive line, you know, they weren't very good. And, and, and Zeke was managing four yards a carry without a long run because he had to plow in there every time. And Pollard, until that long run that one game, was averaging two yards a carry. So just be careful. Use him in spots because I think the change of pace really messes with a defense. They're used to the rhythm of Zeke running the ball, Zeke running the ball, and then all of a sudden you put this guy out there and you get him outside and the speed surprises him. So I think the role he has, if it was 2010, I think that would be really good. When Zach Martin, I keep saying this, when he went out on Thanksgiving,
2: they had found something in their run game. Even with the other injuries on the O-line, when he went out, it really affected them, and Mickey's not wrong here. I mean, the Cincinnati game, 11 carries for 39 yards, long of 17. San Francisco game, 12 carries for
0: 69 yards, long of 40. So 11 for... 20-some, right? Nine, yeah. nine for Neutralized 12. Neutralized for
1: more than enough nine, of his carries.
2: Nine for 12 against Philly. So I'm not saying he's a bad – he he is explosive. And and he was more explosive in a change of pace role than Zeke was last year. Zeke dealing with stuff. you got to find a place for him. And I think you could maybe find a place for him as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. More so than they've used him in the past because that's what he did in college somewhat. Um, but, yeah, it's going to – it's going to be hard to really make it a 50-50 split. I think Zeke is still the guy. Now, Mike did say he does Zeke doesn't have to be 25-30 a game, carries yep. a game. They want to get him ready for December and hopefully January.
1: And so, February.
2: And maybe February. Why not? So and we'll the fourth we'll quarter.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's a good point. Yeah, keep him fresh. Uh, sticking with the offensive side, Jay asks, some conflicting reports on Terrence Steele. Has he been good enough to challenge for the backup tackle spot or not?
0: Yeah, based oh, I on, think, based on this group, yeah. I think yeah. they're all. I think they're all in the same so boat right now. So yeah, because they've they've basically moved Brandon Knight into guard. Yes. Although he's been playing exclusively some of both, a tackle, right? But but he yeah, exclusively. But he's gone some tackle. But yeah, right now uh, the three guys we mentioned earlier in the show, I I think it's a, a dead heat, and it's not a dead heat because they're fighting for first place at the finish line like a <laughs> swimming meet. If how you, about that Katie Ledecky? How about her? <laughs> 800 meters. 800 meters, and she's pulling away at the end.
1: And she was really impressive.
0: Everybody's talking. She's like a machine, right? Everybody's talking about, well, this could be her last race. And they asked her, and they go. she goes, no. She goes, 24. It's in my sights. She's only 24. It's like she's not washed up. Yeah. But she's been around for so long. Pretty impressive. I don't know how to transition back I don't know how I got to, to it either, well, but...
1: Glad you're with us here on this edition <laughs> of Talking Olympics. Um, our buddy Koufax said, which position group do you think the team goes heavy on? 12 DBs, 11 offensive linemen, or more defensive linemen? And and I know this is a tough question because, like Stephen Jones said, there's 65 names out there that can make this roster. They're going to have 12 decisions to be made pretty quickly in the next couple of weeks if you were in his shoes, what would you choose, and what would you go heavy on? I, this
2: is just me from what I've seen so far. Say it with your chest. I think there's more talent in depth on the defensive line mm. than the offensive line, or even the secondary. In the secondary too, you can kind of, you can kind of flex there a little bit with a couple spots because you got guys who could, you know, play safety in a pinch, play corner, so you can. Potentially go lighter in the secondary. They
0: kept ten DBs last year. I could see eleven. Okay. I think somebody mentioned eleven.
1: Yes. Was, uh, it, was it McCarthy? Did McCarthy? He, did. he said eleven. He said I could. I've seen it as high as twelve or thirteen. Yeah, I could see eleven. Um, defensive line. They kept ten last year. They've got sixteen on the roster right now. I mean, right, let even, me see if a,
0: I can cut six. <laughs>
1: even a Justin
2: Hamilton, who you don't think of right off the bat. Had a good practice the Dan other day. Dan Quinn referenced him yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he played quite a bit last year at times.
1: I, Mickey's counting, and I'm also counting, looking at this roster. I, I mean, I can
0: probably easily cut four of yeah, the six. Four and then five borderline?
1: Yeah. Okay. And then, so,
0: it, then it comes down to do you want to keep Golston? Do you want to keep Anai? Uh, you're keeping goals, though. things you're, like that. I well, he's got to get himself eye, on though. the field. He's a third-round pick. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but still, uh, he be, he better start getting on the field. And but the rest of the guys, w- w- I mean, when you look at it, you know, and and you know they can still do, like I said, put Christian Hill, yeah, on Tristan, lead him on Pups, mm-hmm. so that saves a spot. Uh, from what I've been told, Dorrance Armstrong is really playing well, and that didn't come from Jerry. Wow. Okay, because last year, (laughs) that's all Jerry wanted to talk about was Dorrance Armstrong, (laughs) right? Uh, Basham has looked good. Uh, You know, the new guys, Urban, look good. Watkins is playing with the firsts. Uh, So, yeah, I I think it's a crowded group, and, and, you know, that's a good thing. And Look, we got a long ways to go before '53, right? A mm-hmm. lot of practices and a lot of preseason games. Yes. So, uh, I'll let them start knocking on wood.
1: Co Co GMs Mickey Spagnuolo and Rob Phillips keeping Uh-oh. defensive linemen, and
0: there's something to be said for that too. No, there, it is.
1: It's a good problem to have. Now I teach no, this. No, Co GMs. Oh, is there? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I want to raise then. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, John asked this question, and I teased it going into the break. And I, 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 believe there's a little tongue in cheek here, but it's actually kind of an intriguing question. But should Dak hire an MLB pitching coach, or I guess trainer, to help him keep his arm fresh during the off season well, after the problems he's had at the start of camp?
0: It, it was probably as fresh as it could be this last off season, right? You think so. Well, he wasn't throwing that much from October now, to he was throwing. February. February, he probably didn't do a lot of throwing when True. he when he couldn't even stand up on his own. He wasn't throwing nine routes or <laughs> yeah. go routes. Maybe he
1: should have gone to spring
0: training. Bring yeah. Tom House in, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. No,
2: uh, no. I'd say no. I think I, <laughs> he said he's never really ha- experienced this before. Yeah. That that was you know that that's why it's it surprised him a little bit. Man, don't don't talk about baseball around Brad Sham right now. Oh
1: my mm-hmm. gosh, that poor guy. He's a Cubs fan. For nine who Cubs traded. Know. Yeah, Chris he Bryant w- gone. Actually, Hobby he Bias said gone. he
0: w- he woke up this morning. The TV was still on. He woke up at 4
1: a.m. and Olympic baseball was on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that poor guy. All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, linebacker rankings. We gave you a homework assignment on Thursday. Let's see how both of these guys did. I'll join in as well. We're going to rank the four linebackers as they stand right now from what we've seen out in Oxnard. When we return to Oxnard here on Talking Cowboys. stadium this season a limited number of single game standing room only tickets are on sale now get yours today at dallas com slash tickets rob phillips mickey spagnola kyle yeomans the only live radio slash podcast going on on radio row and in oxnard right now by we the way scared the competition away monopolized the hey, market couldn't keep up with us seven days a week <laughs> couldn't do so now they have to go every day during the week and then we've got a day off in between which by the way reminds me join us on Monday we'll wrap up a busy weekend of practices both Saturday and Sunday practices here from Oxnard we'll talk about it on Monday at 11 a.m central time okay homework assignment on Thursday was to watch the linebackers and see exactly how they looked how did they look on Thursday's practice and what you've seen throughout camp Mickey
0: I might have to have a four and four A. Mm. How are we going to judge Keanu Neal?
1: Because a he's,
0: he, he's a linebacker, but he's not a every down linebacker. He's a change up kind of matchup linebacker, right? Okay. Um, Leighton Vanderish, Micah Parsons, uh, Jalen Smith, and then Keanu Neal. Interesting. With, with Jabril Cox coming. Okay, I'm cool close. with five
1: here then. I'm cool with that. So
0: five.
2: Okay. I'll go uh, Leighton Vanderesh, Micah Parsons,
0: Keanu Neal, Jalen Smith, Luke Gifford. Wow. He's getting opportunities. Okay. As a matter of fact, there was a couple. Uh, of the drills they were doing, that he went out there second with Micah Parsons.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, he ran with the twos a little bit the other day. They yeah. Had, yeah, they
2: had a surprise period down on this end here where offense was backed up against their own one, had to get two straight first downs to win the drill. And he ran with the second and third teams and had, it, I think, at least two would-be stops mm-hmm. to force the offense off the field. Kind of jumped out. He's got to stay healthy. Well, sure.
0: He's had yeah. problems with his health.
2: Um, I'm not saying Jalen's off to a bad start at camp by any means, but I just I think Leighton just Leighton jumps out at you, just how he's moving. He just looks great. He seems like he's in the right spot with his keys. Mm-hmm. Micah's made the most splash plays, and he's more versatile. More versatile that jumps out at you too. He's everywhere. I mean, he's dropping. He's rushing. He's playing in d- inside, outside, slot, um, and and I think I think Neil's made some plays on the ball. Has I'm he? Like,
1: Little bit. He's made at least one that I can remember. Little, okay, little bit. I mean, not not just in team. That's, that's as much as I remember Jalen Smith making too, though.
2: Not just in team. I mean, I've seen him, you know, cover Zeke in a one-on-one drill, and you're thinking, okay, you know, he's he's that's the safety in him
0: coming out. But you know? it's it's w- 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 and we're talking about plays on the ball, meaning pass plays. Yes. This team's got to stop the run. Great. Point. So when we see more. Uh, you know drills against the run. They're not putting guys on the ground. Uh, maybe we're not going to see that until we see preseason games, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it's not judge the, the the linebackers just on pass plays. They got to be able to stop the run. That was the biggest problem last year. They could not stop the run. Agree. Five yards a carry. They were given up. My math tells me in two carries, that's a first down. No doubt, no <laughs> doubt. And, look,
2: it we are not experts at this watching practice, knowing everybody's assignments. knowing. I mean, Micah Parsons could be having a bust here and there that we don't see, but we see him pick
1: off a pass, you and we're thinking the, he's having a great practice. You, you see these um, flash plays, and it kind of deters your thoughts away from, from a good practice to a bad practice pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. But he – You see him penetrating against the run, and you see him getting in the right spot, like picking the right gap to hit Mm -hmm. against the run. Um, It's remarkable for a guy that didn't play football last year.
1: Well, and a lot of what Dan Quinn was talking about yesterday was about the linebackers. And in these plays and in these, these scenarios where there's a lot of run defense and you're trying to get the run established, and that's really what they did, on Thursday, you're looking for leverage. You're looking for positioning leverage and where you're hitting a guy because you're not going to put Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, whoever's running the football, on the ground. You're not going to put him on the ground, so you're looking to be where you're going to hit him from, where that leverage is. And I think that's why I would probably still put Jalen Smith third because he has had a couple of those looks. And Keona Neal... He hasn't had the flash plays. He's had, like you said, he's gotten his hand on a couple of balls, but he hasn't made the flash plays, and it's harder to see what he's doing. However, I do like Keon O'Neal better in coverage than what I've seen from Jalen Smith in coverage, and that's pretty well, easy over. Well, that's pretty over, simple, yeah. Over, or, that's a pretty easy uh, thing to look at. Look at I'm, but I'm I, just trying to change it up a little bit. No, I agree. It, and, and I, mean, I agree.
2: When, when I agree. Se- when the season starts, I think Jalen Smith will have more snaps than Neal. I, uh, that's, I will, that's, that's
1: my guess. But I feel like you would be bold going the other way. Yeah. But so, so far, I would say, by the way, Leighton Vander Esch, Micah Parsons. Well, wait. So, who's Neal, Smith.
0: Who's Neil replacing when he's on the field?
1: He would just rotate in at the second. Probably with Leighton,
0: right? Okay. I'm just, I mean. I wouldn't take my best linebacker off the field. Not a lot. Not a lot. But I'm I mean, not taking Parsons off the field. He would replace Jalen. Yeah, in changeup, yeah. right? Yeah. But I feel like if, that was the original yeah, plan of regardless yeah, though. Because if, if if you look at what they've done when it's been three linebackers on the first team, it's been
1: Jalen, Layton, and Parsons. Well what is Jalen Smith's best attribute? It's running downhill, right? Yeah. Middle what linebacker. Are, what is Keona Neal's best attribute? Playing on the edge. Being in coverage. Yeah. So there's on your edge. changeup. It's that matchup yeah, playing that Dan that Quinn for, was talking but, about.
0: But you gotta take somebody off the field. So you're taking Jalen and
1: Layton off? Maybe put Michael Parsons out there. We've seen a lot of uh, a lot of three. sets with 11 and 42 yeah, out there alone. I, I know. Yeah. I know.
0: I know. But if they're lining, the encouraging thing to me is if teams are lining up in base offense or two tight ends, they're going out there with three linebackers. Mm-hmm. None of this nickel stuff and then bringing a skinny bone safety to play linebacker. They're not going to do that. The run. No, they better not. I Think they will. That's why they got in trouble last year. It's Mickey's biggest pet peeve of the I'd, season: I'd, not having a strong side linebacker
1: on the field I'd, against two tight ends. I think you're going to be out of luck again. I think they're going to do a lot of that. Well, then why
0: are they practicing three linebackers out there? Well, they
1: are with the first team, Some, and then they go to nickel whenever they, the second. Well, I
0: don't. When they go nickel, I don't want three linebackers out there. I'm okay. talking about base. Gotcha. They they better have three of them out there and stop the run. 2,500 yards they gave up running the ball. That just doesn't compute.
2: And they were 31st against the run. I wouldn't qualify Neal as a skinny, bone safety.
0: No, no. I I mean taking a free
2: safety. Maybe two years ago. I know, but they would put
0: put, uh, Xavier Woods in a linebacker spot. I
2: agree with you, but I'm just saying, like, like Dan Quinn told us yesterday, he tricked Neil into thinking he was a safety yeah. when he was a linebacker. And that's fine. Back then. He played around the
0: box his whole career. He's two twenty
2: something. He's heavier than that, right? Yeah, he's definitely beefed he up. He looks a little heavier bit. than that.
0: Let's see. What he, he looks
2: he... like a linebacker Let's now. See what he same, weighed like, in no.
0: at. Two twenty five.
2: I don't know how many snaps he's going to play. I just I know that at the, least the, ten the, or
1: fifteen.
0: The,
2: the D coordinator likes him, knows him, trusts him. Yeah, he and, understands the
0: defense. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be out there some. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a matchup thing. How they have guys that can match up even in nickel, how they can match up with who the other team has on the field. Which I love mm-hmm. that. Because they've had they've had defenses out there when Parsons has been out there and they've lined him up on in the slot like if the running back goes out into the slot or true. He they've put Parsons out there on him and he's been on wide receivers too and because they don't know if he's covering uh or if the cowboys are in zone and he's blitzing from out there and and i think that that's boy he's
1: he's really important in that type of scheme one of the first practices of the of the camp Micah parsons was about 30 yards downfield having to cover cd lamb over the middle because they were playing zone, and he was not blitzing off the edge. But he was covered outside in the slot, and he had to rotate his assignment. He kept up pretty well, I think, with C.D. Lamb in the, that was in the that long run. Scr-
0: that was a scramble play. Yes. And
1: he ended up on the goal line with C.D. Mm-hmm. And C.D. did not come down with the football, which is – saying something cuz he's been fantastic throughout this camp really quickly before we wrap things up as the helicopter flies I know. over it's like the third one that's come low. by too they're low today yeah they are <laughs> thoughts on Dan Quinn calling the defense from the press box level my friend rob i was a little surprised just because
2: not knowing that he's done that in, in the past just because he's so hands on Yes. you know you kind of he reminds you of rod marinelli a little bit who was on the field at you know when he coached, called the defense, but I get it. I think probably f- that would be the most logical thing. I would think if you want a bird's eye view and you don't have all this noise down there, you get a better view up top than you do down on the field. Agreed. So um, I, I I would understand why he would want to do that.
0: So it helps out that George Edwards is on the sideline.
1: And so you've Joe got Witt.
0: you've got a you've got a defensive coordinator, a guy that's. Pl- been the defensive coordinator in multiple spots on the sideline with you. So that, that I think, helps out uh, with the communication. He said there would be a couple
2: guys up in the booth with him. He didn't say who. But, yeah, that would make sense to have George down on the field. I would
0: imagine one of the DB coaches would be up there. Um, they would probably keep, uh, is it dirty, the kind of assistant mm-hmm. uh, on the field, along with Leon. I was thinking Al Harris
1: would probably be on the field because he's a pretty hands-on guy too. I, I
0: bet both of those DB coaches are on the
1: field. Yeah,
0: they'll have uh, the other linebacker coach McCurley up. Mm-hmm. I bet, um, and if there's any other defensive assistant that they, they, they can they can put up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, how about how about Hunter the punter
2: kick two field goals?
0: Kick two field goals. They were like thirty-five yarders. Though. Twenty-four and 34. Had a doink from 47. 47, he hit the left upright. Mm-hmm. And they were keeping score. So if you <laughs> if you tried a field goal and you missed, it was the other team got eight points. Yep. <laughs> and they were sitting there going, this is to win it, this is to win it. And it had hit the <laughs> doink upright from 47. Goodness. Hunter the punter handling the punting and kicking we, and duties. Hey, you know what? Next show, we need to talk about that. Okay. I think we're out of time. <laughs> we are. Uh William's shaking his head. William's like, yes, talk about yeah. that. We have, not, we, we have not seen the kicker kick anything yet. In, in Until that practice. practice. No, I mean the kicker. Oh, Greg Zerline? Yes. Greg the leg. And, you know, that back surgery should have been cleared up. I don't know if he's got something else, but mm. he has not kicked one that we've seen in practice. And I don't know if that's a concern or not when you're
1: back up Kicker is your punter. Well, tune in on Monday. Must see television. It's the kicker punter <laughs> battle here on Talking Cowboys. We will hit it and we will talk about it. But we've got plenty more that we're going to hit from this busy weekend of practices. But until next time from Oxnard for Rob Phillips, I'm Mickey or excuse me, he's Mickey's Bagnolar. I, I am always so so I so am so Kyle. Always. <laughs> I got a little ahead of myself there. He's Mickey's Bagnola, I'm Kyle Yeoman. So long from Oxnard here on Talking Cowboys.